Good morning. It's Nicole Lee Master on the podcast Coleology, a consciousness podcast. And this morning, I have somebody who I look up to and has been part of my healing trajectory, Andrea Gage. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. And Andrea is a Star Wars fan, a Pez dispenser collector, a social introvert, with and a boundaries coach. Her eclectic life experience has a theatrical as a theatrical stage manager, commercial film production supervisor, self-defense instructor, 911 dispatcher, and her 18 years in the training in trauma resolution all come into play as she helps others find their footing and their confidence during hard times. Um, Andrea was one of the major assistance in my somatic experiencing trauma training and was a pivotal piece, um, I, I would say, for support for the people that were working and Steve himself, and then also for the people who were part of the program who are also going through um, their own experiential process of unpacking things. And Andrea was an inspiration and a mentor um, in that time some within the SE world and some after for me um, being able to really own some of my repressed anger and also set boundaries in a more healthy way. So I am so excited to have you on today. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. So thank you for asking me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so excited for all these podcasts you're doing. They're really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much. They feel good. Isn't it, isn't it great just to talk to people about their stories? Like just to hear people's stories, you get so much out of it, you know? Yeah, it's it's really incredible. Like, I honestly didn't think it was going to be an, <laughs> an experiential process, this podcast, for me. Like, I thought it was uh-huh. going to be, like, something like a platform, something fun, um, a way uh-huh. to keep in contact with people. But it, it's become um, just an extension of my experiential learning and healing um, just by hearing people's stories, them sharing what they're doing in the world, and somehow, like, it profoundly impacting me. Nice. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah. How are you finding it impacting you at this moment? Um, right now, like, you know what was really funny? So, I don't know. I think I've done, like, 20 podcasts. And yeah. I think it's kind of interesting that right before each podcast, I have, like, a different feeling about it. Some I'm nervous about. Some I'm excited uh-huh. about. Well, when I was thinking about calling you, and I think because you were just, like, a deep place of safety for me um, during that three years where I just felt uh-huh. like, I don't know, I was able to be vulnerable. I was able, I felt like you saw me. I didn't feel like I had to wear masks. Like I had a moment where I, I always do this little routine where I'm setting up for my podcast and just getting all ready. And I sit on my little yoga um, uh-huh. cushion and I had a minute where I just felt like kind of crying. Like I was like, Oh yeah, this, not in a bad way. Like in like a, a supported nurturing way. Like, Oh yeah, this person can see me and hold me like that. And wow, how nice it is that I get to do this with her, you know? Yeah. yeah my pleasure. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. You've always been a bright light. You're a bright light in those trainings and the training. We're talking about, if you haven't been listening to a podcast, of the somatic experiencing training, the work of Peter Levine. And um, and you were lucky to have uh, Steve Hoskinson as your uh, 
instructor who uh, was in the process of developing organic intelligence that comes out of the SE world. And um, it, it was good. It, it's some good stuff right in there, I can tell you. Yeah, it is. It was rich. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, the whole whole process for me was super rich. Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, you were right, like, you were there asking questions. I would love that. You were like, I got another question. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ask that question. Get some clarity. <laughs> love it. Thank you. I needed those love questions. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. We got it. We got to ask questions. Yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah. So how are you? What? Where are you like in the world right now? And I really want to know where are you in the world because I took a beta class from Andrea, um, a boundary, a boundary, a body and boundaries boundary, class. Boundaries in the body, yeah. I, that I mean, Andrea, that was like that needs. I don't know. Is it launched yet? Because I cannot. Not wait. yet. Are you going to be doing that soon or? Yeah, yeah, soon. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm working through some of my own my own. Uh, walls of being able to put myself out there, which is so interesting. Like, I love the one-on-one talking, but to actually have to put myself out into the world. Yeah, I'm getting some support around that, because that, that's a tough thing. It's a hard thing to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, just yeah. so you know, as a person who received that beta class, which was just... I mean, for me, I it named so many things that I needed named. Um, and you know what was really that there was one piece that I think I'm able to just keep going back to. It was the most profound piece for me, which was um, when we were talking about boundaries. And I used to look at people. Because I was, I'm super porous. I was <clears throat> bad at keeping boundaries. In order to have a boundary, generally, I used to burn bridges um, because it would just get so bad. I just didn't want people in my life. That's like how the boundary happened. And so I used yeah. to look at people who had boundaries um, as healthy. And the funny thing is, is the people I was looking up to who had boundaries were like on the opposite side of the pendulum and they were great sure they were great at boundaries but there was something that you had said and I was like oh it's that and I needed that named for me to be able to ever even like start unpacking and being curious about what a healthy boundary is and you had said it's setting a boundary and then still being in relation, right? Like, so it's like yeah. being curious and then still being re- in, in relationship with that person um, and figuring out how you guys can both come to this conclusion where your boundaries met, that this person feels seen and heard and, and that you're still getting what you need. And I was like, oh my gosh. So all these boundaries <laughs> I received that I thought were great boundaries were actually just like walls. Like that, I yeah, yeah. and and I was like, oh, that was so. I mean, for me, that still comes up for me daily, daily. Like I might, Andrea said this, and that's like it just resonates as true. And so, I think, I mean, on top of a hundred other things that I thought were wonderful about (laughs) that class, I can't wait until it launches launches for you. Thank you, thank you. I hope to do that soon. Yeah, I find I I love exploring boundaries. Um, I'll just step back a little bit and that um, I started my boundary awareness when I was teaching self-defense. I was a uh, self-defense instructor with Impact Bay Area uh, and they're still around and they do great programs. It's a self-defense where you actually get to use the techniques against a padded instructor and they do a beautiful job at like easing into the work and easing into the activation around having to defend yourself. 
Mm. And learning how to say no, to me, was the first way to understand what a boundary was. So being able to actually put my hands up and say no was terrifying. Mm. Like, what do you mean? I get to do this. And then I get to stay in a relationship with the person I'm saying no to. Right. I mean, you know, they're doing it with an assailant. But we started with a guy without the helmet on and just me being able to say no to him. You know, it's just like, wow, that is, that's a big deal. And then as I learned how to instruct and support people in doing that, so much more came up around that. And and what I hear, you know, what comes to mind as you were talking to is that is like the hierarchy we have with boundaries. So it's like where the wall comes up can depend on where you are in that hierarchy. And sometimes, you know, like we're the boss, we say no, we put up a wall. Or... Um, say we're down below on the other side of it and we quit we just quit our jobs because we can't we can't even tolerate going to our boss and saying hey i need more pencils at my desk you know that's it i can't do it i'm just gonna quit you know just asking for what we need is too much so it's kind of interesting looking at all of the dimensions of boundaries and where they come into play well and i think that um having it named for like like, so for a person who's struggling with boundaries and aware that they're struggling with boundaries, mm-hmm. but like they aren't aware of the continuum of the way it plays out, um, that yeah. there was some empowerment in you teaching and discuss and discussing and then going into the experiential aspect of the continuum. Because I think something about seeing all of the ways things can unfold gives you more opportunities for the ways things can unfold, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, I am so excited for you. And just so you know, I'm like quick feedback and I hear it's your own wall and it's what you're working with, but like, I would have never known that there was uh, some, something about you not being or feeling ready. Like you really come across as informed and confident and powerful. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I love it once I get into it. It's like once I get into it, I'm there. But I have my own um, ghosts, as you may say, of not feeling good enough, not feeling like I'm a fake, uh, oh, they're going to find me out, um, oh, this isn't going to pertain to somebody else. It's like we, we all, oh, I think so many people have this kind of a thing. Yes, yes. And, that, and that's part of that continuum because that whole piece of, well, if I don't want to come in and think I have all the answers, I don't want to be that person because I grew up with a lot of narcissism in my family. And so that feeling of me knowing too much then puts me on that continuum of being a narcissist. Because mm. I go to that extreme. Mm. And I have to, you know, I have trusted people in my life that are like, no, you're not being a narcissist right now, so don't need to chill. Like, okay, good. You know, this area, okay, you're getting a little bit of a narcissist. Okay, I'll back it up a little bit. You know, so it's having that awareness and having people in your life who can you can touch into and bounce off of and... And, um, so you asked me like where I am in the world. I'm, I have, I moved a little over a year ago to the central Valley. Um, you know, farm, farm land. They're, they're farming cotton and tomatoes and melons and, um, my husband's family farms pistachios. And I never really understood the rural life. It's quite, um, beautiful and it's quite lonely. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have as many people to bounce off of here. You know, I'm in my office by myself doing this work. There's a lot of voices that want to come in and, and uh, derail me. 
And it's just like, okay, let's look at those voices and move you away. Let's give you another job because you protected me at one time, but now let's let's uh, see if you can't, we can put the energy towards something else. So hopefully even just talking about it right now, I'll get, get my juices going and I can get in there in my office. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's an interesting place of where, where I am. Um, I've also been grieving leaving my, my peeps, my people in the Bay Area. Yeah. And, and so that's, I'm starting to finally come out, uh, you know, come up from the water uh, around that. Just the, the grief of, of not knowing my place. My house, right, is still in the middle of um, reconstruction. Isn't it interesting? Is like when I, you can tell when I start going into a little bit of dissociation, words don't come to me as well. Mm. And when I, like when I'm talking about the remodel of my house, I couldn't think of the word remodel. Right. So I'm just going to notice that for myself right now. I'm just going to slow it down for a minute because uh, I want to be present with you. But, yeah, it's interesting how your body picks up on these things. Oh, yeah. So I have, I hope I'm not freaking people out too much. I go fast because so, I'm so fascinated by the process of what our bodies do and around what. So yeah, no. So I I, I love I love that you're naming that right now. So so because like you have such a a, a no, you've done so much of your own personal work and you have an observing yeah. ego and a way to like be able to kind of track yourself because you've done so much of this work and yeah. naming it I think is really important because I think that this in a big way like the disassociation aspect and words not coming to you are happens to everyone and yeah. it happens to everyone but they don't realize it's happening because they haven't had the training around what's going on and I love that you just named like I think I need to slow it down for a second and you just saying that made me like look out my window like yeah you know <laughs> There, there's no rush. Like, I can look out my window yeah. right now. Like, it's okay. What are you seeing out your window, Nicole? <laughs> um, I'm looking at a little palm tree, and through oh. my window, uh, Isaac and I did these snowflakes that I keep up all year around. around because oh. I know. So I'm, like, looking at snowflakes I made with my son and then a palm tree. <laughs> I love nice. it. You, what do you nice. think? Oh, I have, I, I, we just have new windows put in, so they, I'm looking through these beautiful new windows to this tree that's starting to bud, and all the birds have come to, well, feast on the little insects on the, on the wood there, and, and then across the way, the neighbor has, like, this beautiful blossom tree, I don't know what kind it is, I'll have to look into that, and just kind of watching the blossoms uh, start to fall a little bit, and, um, as spring comes into the area. It's it's very green. Our, our neighbor neighbor's house is also green, so a little bit of green lawn with the greenhouse. And, mm. um, yeah. So now, if you even notice, it's like both of our systems are starting to settle. Yeah. It's um, and and this concept came from um, Stephen Hopkins about the organic intelligence of the orientation and how orientation. And I think it's such a key piece of our healing is to take a moment to to look at what you like to look at. Yeah. You know, what do your what do your eyes like to look at? It's like, oh man, I, I like to watch the little jumping birds jumping from <laughs> branch to branch. And then even as you were talking, it's like I could feel my system settling and that a breath came in and like and and right now my vision is getting clearer. Yeah. I'm also gonna say is it takes this much time. Well, and, and what I would like to say is, like, it's the paradox. It's really not that much time at all, right? We uh, like, 
<laughs> like otherwise we would have just sat there both like revving up together and it would have been the same yeah. amount of time just not in this like this nest I mean I always feel like when I take a moment to like notice my surroundings and then somehow my body feels better and I can just naturally then feel my body um yeah and, and having the understanding of what's going on um, the, through a theoretical lens, like, it's like, wow, that, I just did, I gave myself a little gift. <laughs> like, yes. I gave my, myself a little gift. <laughs> and, it's, and it's physiological. Like, there's often the, I think, in, in the media or in, like, our social graces, being able to track what our systems are doing and to normalize it is really important. And a lot of people don't have that information. Majority of people don't have that information. To be able to track our systems as we're going through an experience, both pleasurable or unpleasurable, of, um, and being able to stay connected to the present moment as best we can. You know, there's times when we need to dissociate for our safety. Absolutely, and that's not a crime. That's a good thing to do because our system needs to do that to survive. Um, <laughs> but, in the, but to be able to come back to these moments of, Wow, there's this, this beautiful blossom tree with these little yellow daffodils down below. Like, oh, how that's just delicious. And and then how I do that is to then pay attention to my body on the inside, and my body starts to calm down. I can feel, I can actually feel my butt in the chair. You know, um, my cat is actually more relaxed. She's not as attentive to me right now, which means she's like, oh, you're safe. I can now <laughs> go do my thing. You know, nature's, nature's wonderful at reflecting what's going on. It is. That's true. No, it's true. Yeah. And then I just kind of notice that my whole body is starting to relax. Like, we can take that one moment of pleasure and then feel it on the inside and feel how it is overall. Well, and then I'm ready to talk about something else, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate you taking a moment to name that what was going on for you and then saying you needed a pause because mm-hmm. um, I think inserting pauses are key to health actually. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. The other, the, my um, a quick little story is that I was, help it, my, help, I was helping my mom clean up her house um, and my niece was there helping as well and she was in the other room and I heard like this huge thunk and I thought, okay, something something has hit somebody's head because I could hear that. And I go running in there. She's got her hand on her head. And I'm like, are you okay? And, of course, she's like, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, no, no, everything's fine. <laughs> and, but her hand's on her head. And oh. I'm like, what happened? And she's like, that thing fell and hit my head. Oh. And I was like, I could hear it. And so then I came and I put my hand on her head. Mm-hmm. And, and she started to settle. She's like, oh, yeah, that's better. And I'm just like, yeah, let's just take a moment with this. Right. And she's like, but I'm okay. And I'm like, well, you are, and you're not. Right. Like, and, this, I said, Does it, and, and I could tell the emotion then was allowed to now come up. And I'm like, you're allowed to cry. And she's like, good, because it really hurts. Right. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and she took like 30 seconds to have a little boo-hoo. My brother went and got her some ice. And then she put ice on her head. And she was, oh, and now it's even better. <laughs> And that took only, like, two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. Well, I, I kind mm-hmm. of wonder, because you have 18 years, right? It's, like, eight, 18 years yeah. of trauma training. So Plus. what what does that actually mean? So did you – it's SE, is it touch, it's, it's assisting? Because, like – and I just – I'm curious for several reasons, and I'll share why after, after okay. you share. Okay. Um, uh, 
I want to say my first uh, trauma work is in what's actually self-defense work. And um, working with survivors of sexual assault and abuse and also just people wanting um, self-defense skills to feel the empowerment. So I, I did that for 10 years. And in the middle of that, I started my somatic experiencing training. Um, my wise um, uh, therapist at the time was like, you know, this work that you're doing with the self-defense really ties in with the somatic experiencing. And it was right, and she was right, right yeah. on. And that was also a step for me to be able to do my personal work because I was holding off and just, you know, I talked to my therapist, but I wasn't doing the work. Right. I would do, but I would do it for my clients. I would do it so that the students I would teach, oh, oh, you want me to learn about this stuff so that I can help somebody else? I can do that. Right. <laughs> and, that, and that process then had me then start looking at my own process and how my own nervous system works. So um, I took it very seriously when they were like, you need to do your own work to do this work. Like, oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, then here I go. <laughs> and also then being in the field. So I, I took the, I was there for the three-year training. And then since then, I then started, you know, filming Peter Levine. He wrote Waking the Tiger. Um, I started filming his advanced trainings for several years. Um, oh, okay. So I, it was fascinating to actually have him in my ear. And he likes to look at the camera. So he was looking at me. Right. While he was, and so his field and everything, I feel like I got a lot just being in his field. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then really um, followed um, Stephen Hopkinson with the organic intelligence approach in that um, I assisted for him, I coordinated and assisted for him for many years. I've gone on and trained with Kathy Kane, who was also a somatic experiencing instructor and has her own body of work, um, who I love that she doesn't name it because she always wants us to be questioning and, oh. and growing outside the um, work. And she does body body-oriented work, so hands-on touch work, um, which has deepened my understanding of somatic experiencing that much more and our nervous systems. So, and I, I currently coordinate her classes just so, again, I can be in the field and look right. to the questions and, right. um, and be with them. I um, also had been assisting for uh, um, organic intelligence and might be going back and doing some more of that. And it's just really... Um, it's deep work. It's just, I think, what the world needs, really. It's I, really I agree. Amazing. I agree. Yeah. And, and the reason the reason why I asked, not, I mean, just for personal reasons, but uh, and I wanted to understand, but you had said something when you were explaining the thunk um, of the hammer and, mm-hmm. like, hearing it, and then just, like, innately knowing it was time to just, like, touch her head and kind of be there. And it brought yeah. up something so, like, as soon as you were saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, that's that's what you should do. But then, you know, my, my critic comes out, and my son had just twisted his little um, oh. foot. And I was yeah. like, oh, it's, it was just a small twist. Like, I'm kind of, like, minimizing it. And it took me, um, I, I would say it took me three hours to finally be like, what am I doing? Like, and I sat down and I put my hand on it and then we wrapped it up with a bandage and like, now he's all better. Right. And so (laughs) let me, let me tell you, it's never too late. No, it's not too late, but what I, it's never too late. No, you're right. It isn't. You're right. Because there's the critic of like, I wish I would have done that right in the moment. And like all all of that stuff. However, and and, and you also know we've healed, we've helped people heal, heal their trauma from 40, 50 years 
and trauma. That's right. When they're like, oh my God, I fell off a bike and this happened. <laughs> That's right. And I, I can't believe it's still in my body. You caught it in three hours. Bravo! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And but I kind of wonder, like, when when did the shift occur? Because I feel like this is like our innate state, right, to do those things, and somehow we're like actually trained to not do them, or conditioned to not do them, or or maybe it like throws our nervous system out of alignment for a hot second, and then we don't have resources. I actually think it goes. I think it goes back to. uh, prehistoric times, and I know there's other fancy words for it, but in the sense that if you are injured, you now become a threat to the community. Okay. Because because if you're the weakest one, then now you're going to be the one that holds up the, the camp moving from one place to another place by a certain time. You know, you're the one that's most vulnerable to attack. So... I think when we get injured, we will all immediately want to go, we're okay, I'm fine, because we want to stay part of the group and we don't want to become um, uh, a victim. Oh. Right? right? Because we become more vulnerable when we're injured. So I think in conditioning, we then, because we love that person, go, oh, you're okay? Great, you're okay. Good, come join us. You know, let's go back <laughs> on our track. You know, uh, we're going over mountain now. It's, it's, Keep you know, up. That, Keep up. <laughs> Right, as opposed to taking those few moments to help heal, which I think is actually part of what, like, even the Native Americans do. It's like, they're healers. That's why they had healers. Right. And the healers then had the role to help those people. Right. Where we, we in our society now, we, I think, unfortunately, healers like myself get ostracized, or we become, you know, the weirdos. We can be on the hippies. Yeah. But we're actually, ne- we're needed for the society. It's actually integral, especially in this day and age, that we come together yes. and we continue our work um, to help those who get injured for a moment so they can stay up with the path. That's right. That's actually what we, what we need to do. So, and then how I personally did it was, like you had said, is my own work. For me to be able to tolerate and sit with someone who is injured means I'm also sitting with my own past injuries. Right. So I have to be able to tolerate those feelings that come up in those moments um, to... To be able to sit with somebody else. Whoa, I needed, oh my gosh. See, this is what you have always done. You name things that are, whoa, okay. So, so. <laughs> I know, that was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, whoa. this was, <laughs> this is huge. Like, so, so like me being able to sit, so sitting in real time with someone when something comes up basically says like, in, in that part of your life, you're okay with the past injuries of whatever it was in your own life. And and when yeah. we need, like, three hours, three days, three weeks, three months, three years, <laughs> like, whatever it is, right. then, yep. then that that is because it's, like, bringing up the repressed trauma that, like, is too much for our systems to bear for what we have actually endured. And like, it's a, just a reflection yeah. of like where the work needs to be, which makes sense. I mean, yep. it, it makes sense, but I, I haven't had it named in that way. Like, and it's super, I'm, I'm like having a moment with this, like in a way that I'm like feeling like, whoa, kind of like lightheaded. So great. So now we want to take our time with that. That's actually great. Just like when I become lightheaded like that, um, we've learned with the somatic experiencing is a, is a way that our system is starting to bring things together. 
So that's actually a good thing. So just take a moment and to, you know, again, let your eyes see what they want to see. And also, you also notice the lightheadedness. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the time in the world. Ah, I love you. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love that you just name something. You put a bunch of pieces together because I have people I love in my life that just can handle and hold anger in a much more I mean, I kind of call them emotionally intelligent, like more emotionally invo- evolved and like just my particular set of um, trauma make, made I'm getting better, but made anger like something I couldn't even like look at or touch. Um, right, because most likely the people you grew up with couldn't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it came out sideways too. So yep. it's like, like you know, so it was just like one of those weird things. And I, I'm realizing now that uh, you just named something about the healing trajectory. That like, oh yeah, as I get better with being able to be with my past traumas around anger, I can also sit with other people's anger. Like, we- right. <laughs> And I don't yeah, know. People how. Amazed. Like I can see people like oh Andrew, you can you sit with anger so well. It's like because I dealt with a lot on my own. Right. You know, I used to be a really I'll tell you a quick little story. My when I was growing up, when I got angry because I was uh, I was an emotionally uh, active child. Um, so I love that. That's how that, that's how my energy came out was through crying and through anger. And so when I when my parents my mom couldn't tolerate it. She'd say, go to your room. Mm. When you go to your room and when you calm down, you can come back out. Well, how is a child supposed to learn how to calm down by themselves in their room? Right. You know, that doesn't help the the system move. I mean, sometimes it can help, but really we need, we need that other nervous system to help us. But my mother doesn't, my mother has repressed anger like you wouldn't believe. And so, um, what happened in college, I got into a fight with my roommate. Well, the first time I had a roommate. And I stomped and I walked myself to my room. And she just started laughing. She goes, did you just send yourself to your room? <laughs> <laughs> and, I started, and then I started laughing. I'm like, I just did. That's what I do when I'm angry. I'm supposed to go away from anybody. And so through that, I got to have some humor and got to learn, like, oh, really, what I'm angry about is just that you need to do the dishes. I don't need to, I don't have, I can stay in a relationship with you and talk to you about that. Not have to stop my feet and walk away. Right. <laughs> right. So I have wonderful roommates for that who are still my dear friends. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that great when you have those experiences? Um, because I like, I cannot thank my roommates, my first roommates out in the world enough for, like, their support, their humor. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) How did you grow up? Because I didn't grow up that way. Wait a minute. What happened just now? Oh, my God. What they put up with. Yeah. And I'm also interested in what I didn't know. I do know – I did know you were into, like, the – LA scene type thing and I knew you were into Star Wars a lot but I didn't realize <laughs> that you were actually like a stage manager and a commercial film production supervisor yeah. so yeah how I was does, a production manager how does that like all wrap in um well I think what it was is being in 
in theater and being in the film industry, you have um, family. You know, you come together to work on a project that everybody's passionate about and that you're very, you're like intimate for this time together. Mm -hmm. However many weeks, months, years, day, actually days in the commercial industry. Um, but that you know these people so well. And so there, I think there was something that I found some family uh, and some worth in that. Because I came in, everyone is expected to do their job and do it well. So I got to see, I got to be seen as somebody who did her job well. Right. Which, which was really, which was really, like, I was integral to getting that piece of work done. And, and yeah, then we got to have fun. Mm. And, and so you don't really actually get to see the nitty gritty ugliness of life because you're in this, like, beautiful family <laughs> for a little while. Um, so, and so I guess it was just my skills of, um, you know, I love, well, I love the film, I love the film industry, and I love, I love that kind of work, so, and my roommate was in it at the time, so I think it was also just opportunity for me to, to be able to work in the film industry, um, but I loved theater, I did it in high school, I was, but I always drawn towards the back of the theater, not really the front. Right. Um, I thought I'll be a character actress when I'm older, but right now, because um, then I won't give a crap, <laughs> I'll just <laughs> be able to just do what I want. Um, uh, yeah, so I, and I'm like, I, and that's an interesting question. I'm still kind of, I'm like, oh, I have an answer. Now I'm like, no, do I have an answer? That's actually a really interesting question. Um, because then, here's the other thing. What I have no, learned about myself recently is that I need to have a role to feel comfortable in community. Mm. So even mm. as, even in working with the somatic experiencing group, I feel more comfortable if I have a hierarchic role as like the coordinator or as an assistant. I think you're naming something super important that people don't look at sometimes. Like, yeah. like because we're all, like, I don't, are you familiar with Yalom's theory? No. So Yalom is the person who basically created um, group uh, theory oh. and family system theory and how, like, we have these roles that we take on um, through our family systems. And then if you are yep. to be in a group that is like anywhere from, I think he said three up to 12 or something like that, um, mm -hmm. your family system roles play out and people kind of just will like literally yeah. somehow fall in place and it's going to in ways mimic your family system. And right. Um, and then like I, I've done group around Yalom's theory and what, what was the question, the constant question after you come to an awareness of a role that you're taking on is, okay, do you want that role or not? Like, uh, like then you have the empowerment of choice. Like you can step into it and own it, but you don't have to just have the role. And, I think it's interesting when we come to these places where we're aware of the roles that support us and what, where we like, what we like. And I also find it interesting, and I think more than not, I'm finding it tr to be true, people who aren't even aware that they slip into these roles and they just do these yeah. things and, um, and how it's like sometimes imp impacting their life positively and, and it's not an, 
an awareness and sometimes really negatively and and then they just wonder and it's literally a role and I think it's cool that you have found a role that like that like supports you really um it it does until it didn't oh interesting so um as I was coordinating one of the rounds of the somatic experiencing group um the the subject of diversity started coming up and within our assistant group. And so we're starting to have um, really important and really difficult questions around diversity. And what I noticed is I kept trying to find a reason to get out of the room. And I would use my role, oh, I need to go check on the students. Oh, I need to help with registration. And I was like, why do I keep coming out of the room? Mm. I, even at that point, could not even... Um, let it come to my consciousness that diversity was the issue that I didn't like. Now, why I didn't like that was because of my past trauma of being the first girl in Little League in fourth grade and getting, um, uh, getting well, abused and attacked because I was a girl trying to get into a boy's sport. Right. And what I didn't realize that physiologically, my body was running from the, <laughs> from the fear of being attacked. Because right. if I bring up my opinion about how I feel about, yes, we should have more diverse trainings and all this kind of stuff, my system was saying, get the fuck, pardon me, get the heck out of here. Oh, that's fine. And, and so it's that, you know, get, leave, you need to run out of here. And, um, and the, I didn't realize is that the terror that I had felt when I was in the fourth grade was undigested. And so what happened was the terror over that year started coming up. Yeah. And like, like even right now, I have residual pieces. My fingertips tend to get cold when I talk about this subject. Yeah. You know, so I, my, my system doesn't quite move through. So physiologically, my, my lymph system and my fluid systems don't work as well because it's trying to shut everything down. Right. Right. So I, my fingernails used to actually turn blue. Like it was really, I would, and I, there was one incident where I was just shaking and could had no verbal ability whatsoever. It was just, and I, and I luckily had support with me of people who could also just track themselves and be with me in that place to allow me to move through that. They didn't try to fix it. They didn't try to talk me out of it. They also trusted my system to come through. See, and, you're naming yeah. some things right now that I think <clears throat> are so so important and powerful and not common mm-hmm. knowledge. And I even went through the three three year training, and you're talking about mm-hmm. some things that I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Hey, wait, I didn't know that that was correlated. So, mm-hmm. is there any way I can like really quick like double back yeah. on like because like you just said a lot of important things. Uh, <laughs> it's a big one. I'm still unpacking it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like the trauma that was trapped in, in your body had yeah. like created flight. And for those who are listening, um, that's the trauma response of fight, flight, freeze. And like our, our nervous systems are constantly doing that when we have something that feels um, unsafe and it's a protect a protection mechanism. And so you're saying like, because it was so traumatic, which totally makes sense. Like you automatically go in flight, but the part, and, and I get that. And I can, I can like track my system so well now I'm like, Oh, I really want to mm-hmm. run right now. Oh, I'm in freeze or like, yep. like, or I'm getting angry and then I'm going into freeze. But, 
Um, what I think is interesting, you're naming um, a part of the actual physio- physiology physiology uh-huh. of yep. the adrenal glands. Um, yep. So as you go into fight, flight, or freeze, you're all, like all of those are kind of making your adrenal glands kind of like go into um, sh- yep. shutdown-ish mode. Or, 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 or overwhelm. They'll start working too hard. Okay. Yep. Or overwhelm. And when it goes into the shutdown mode, that's when your like fingertips and feet get cold. Is is that what I'm hearing you say? Uh, it, it, um, I, I'm actually, I don't know. I don't quite have the answer for this one yet. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know if it has to do with the adrenal glands so much. Um, but so I do think my adrenal, they're all, it's all working here. Uh, it's, it, what I've, a concept I've learned from Kathy Kane is that often there's going to be a part of our physiology that's going to take on the trauma, mm. and, and mine is in the fluid system. So what happens, what, I, what I'm kind of questioning and I'm curious about is I think that my fluid system starts to shut down, like, it, because it's a, it's a point of um, we're not going to let this circulate through your system because it's not good for you. So yeah. that could that, that could be that there's too much adrenaline going through my system, and the system is saying shut that down. Right. That's, well, actually, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. But that's a, that's a, because when we're, when our bodies are poisoned, it's going to shut it down so that it doesn't go through the system. Well, and that would actually, what you're saying right now would make sense because like as stress levels go up, cortisol goes up. Cortisol is like, so, and like, and I'm just, I'm just curious about this because I'm kind of having a parallel process of, um, my adrenal glands kind of like do this weird thing. And I, um, see a chiropractor and a naturopath and like my adrenal glands are kind of like on the topic of like making sure I'm supporting them properly because I just, happen to wear them out and um and I've had this thing with my fingertips and my feet I get really cold all the time and I know that the naturopath said that that is linked to the adrenal glands but what I don't what I didn't realize was like uh, like for whatever reason I didn't I'm, you know, I'm still putting out all the pieces together and learning as I go, but like my fingernails turn blue too and I guess I didn't realize that that was all part of like, oh yes, I'm in like freeze or flight right now. And isn't that interesting that like my fingertips, I'm really cold and blue. And sometimes like, that's the only piece of me that's actually indicating that I'm not feeling safe. (laughs) Because that's the safest way to show that you're not safe. (laughs) Yeah. Cause nobody knows except for you and you might not even know. It's like when I was doing body work, I used to be a massage therapist, it was also realizing that people had a lot of stress in their shoulders. Mm. And they tell me, they're like, I really just want to bring my shoulders, like, like I want to bring them up around my ears. And my next question would be, did you grow up in a loud household? Uh, and they would, and the majority of people would say yes. Or do, they, or do you work in a no, no, noisy office? It's not acceptable to put your hands over your ears while you're working at your office. Right. So what's going to happen is your shoulders are going to come up to start trying to block the sound. Right. Well, what you really want to do is they say, "Will you all shut up? <laughs> I got work to do, and you want to put your hands over your ears." Right. And so as soon as we recognize that, you know, I have them change their office around. I have them put noise, and their shoulders are not as tight anymore. Or you, you grew up in a violent household, so it's like, okay, how can you find safety when when you hear yelling? 
Mm. You know, that's that's other than what you really want to do is put your hands over yours. Right. So it's a, it's the same kind of thing. Is that I, like we're we're safer going into that freeze response and only having our nails turn blue, mm-hmm. wow. as opposed to going. I need to run here, uh, and that's a continuum. Like our system is going to have to start even just now thinking about running because we can't run yet. <laughs> but we can start thinking about running, <laughs> right? Oh, like my, like right now, my leg just like start like go and like it start to jingle. Like, oh, we can run. Oh, yes, we can. We're gonna have to get the right leg involved too because we need both. Otherwise, it's hopping. We can hop away. Okay, we can hop away. That even sounds fun. So, you know, it it takes this little time and these little increments that we don't normally think of. Mm. Would you? How, say, how can I? We, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I got no I'm kind of wondering because like I you're you're so inclined with the nervous system but then there's also the boundary aspect and I'm kind of wondering would you also put yourself with just this conversation and there's just aspects about um I'm just wondering would you put yourself in an attachment kind of role too because I feel like yeah yeah, yeah and I'm I'm no I'm just noticing because I guess I wouldn't have put the nervous system work in under attachment necessarily, but the way in which you kind of go through your process and help others go through their process, there's a deep uh-huh. sense of attachment that also happens. And I would, I would, I would wonder if you could like uh, speak a little bit to that. I can a little bit. I haven't um, learned. I've learned attachment via other you know, colleagues and things like that. I haven't officially trained in it. I, um, you know, I trained, uh, we, I did train a bit with Diane Poole Heller while she was um, putting together her um, attachment model that she teaches now, and which is fabulous. And then the NARM stuff too, I've heard from colleagues more about. Um, I'm so interested uh, in NARM. Like, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so interested in it. And, and check out Diane's stuff too. It's all, it's all quite interesting. Um, uh, but what I found is like, um, <laughs> I'm gonna out one of my colleagues here, but a, a colleague had told was having an issue with with somebody else, and I was, and I said, you know, what if you now took all of what you've learned from NARM and and put it to that, and all of a sudden my colleague was like, oh, <laughs> I get it now. I mean, yeah. So there's this piece of learning these technical things, but then how do we put them practically? into our practices. That's what, you know, organic tele- intelligence is teaching. It's like, how do we then embody it so that we can put it into our practice and into our daily lives? Right. So, so same thing with the attachment piece is like, I'm also, I feel like I get to, for my clients, I get to be the appropriate um, bouncing off of, of what their reaction should be. Because, you know, when we grow up, we need, and I've learned from Kathy Kane and Steve Terrell, is like, we need to, um, our, our parents are the, you can maybe help me with this, Nicole, our parents are the nervous system because we don't have myelination happening in our nervous system when we're babies. Right. So our parents are, have to act as that nervous system. Right, that's where so, we regulate from. Right. So, and then there's a point where then we can branch off, we have our own regulation, and we can move from there. So I'm working with my clients in these places that got missed mm-hmm. to kind of help them regrow up 
from that place. Yeah. So I'm that, I am that regulation. I am, um, and maybe that's why it helps me hold anger and helps me hold big emotions easier is because I'm the parent at that point. I put myself in that position. Right. Of, I'm the nervous system that you're going to ping off of. I actually, I don't want to call myself the parent because I don't want to get into transference too much. Right. But I'm, I'm the nervous system they can ping off of right. to reflect from and to go, oh, I can have these feelings and I'm still okay. Right. Yeah, co-regulation is a real thing. That's the word. Yep, that's the one I'm like looking for. How do we co-regulate? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually like, and this is part of like, a huge learning growth edge for me. I think it's really interesting. Like my nervous, I think just witnessing where I can hold my nervous system at a steady, stable place and what that looks like with some, and then where I actually um, can't, uh, where I can't hold it and where I start co-regulating to another. Um, and that's an interesting area of play right now for me of like, nice. oh. I like that you put play in there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I have to play around with it. Otherwise I get super like serious and, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's not fun. No. <laughs> like, but no, like, like there, and it's just, it's really touchy. Like my nervous system is super touchy where we're like, and I'll be like, oh, wow, interesting. I can't feel my, my bottom right now. I'm in somebody else's nervous system field. And like, <laughs> and there's big, huge benefits and power um, in the ability to help co-regulate, to have those, like, corrective experiences. And I kind of wonder, So, uh, and this might be not completely related but it feels maybe related is like um speaking of intuition okay so like if we're looking at an intu intuitive through an intuitive lens and I know like Steve doesn't really believe or like doesn't really talk about intuition like in the in the training programs and then I asked a question that was clarifying and I was like okay maybe this is it and he kind of um agreed in a way with me uh -huh. about like so is intuition like the cohesion of like the cybam um and so like we can have just more room to like experience what really is there kind of um and then we're calling and in that intuition is experience so when you have an understanding of Cybam is how we experience life, sensation, image, behavior, affect, and meaning. So when we're able to access all those elements of Cybam, we have more experience, which then expands our intuition. Yes, but my this this is where my question still lies. So okay. when I am more regulated. Which is like yeah. um, a much better space for me when <laughs> it's a much better space. Yeah. Like as a personal, it feels so much yeah, as a personal experience, yeah. I actually am, am finding, and maybe there's like it's just where I am in my process, and I'll find something else as I continue to grow. I am finding that my my ability to regulate and have like um, a lot of different experiences over like a range of like with like span and width and. Um, is there that I didn't have before, but like my uh -huh. actual intuition and I, and I'm just playing around with this uh -huh. and I'm just kind of curious with you, uh, when uh -huh. my nervous system switches over and somebody else is actually regulating the scenario. Um, uh -huh. and so like now for whatever reason they're, they're in their space and now I'm in their space and I'm regulated to them. I find that like I have 
more ability. And I don't know what this is. And I'm still just kind of wondering if maybe you have a similar experience. I find that like, because I'm more in their like realm of things because they're regulating things, I have more ability to understand their process in an, in an intuitive kind of way, which I'm just curious about. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, my take on that, on part, um, is, I want to say yes. And my first thought that came up around that was when, when there's, when you don't have to hold the whole container and you have someone else that's able to take part of that container, your, your, um, um, safety system becomes more relaxed. And I think that's when our intuitions come out to play more. And I'm probably going to take myself back on that because sometimes our intuitions really play when we're super hyper aware too. That's true, um, right? You know, yeah. So again, again, this is holographic. And, you know, everybody wants black and white answers, but it's very holographic. Right. So it's like, where is your nervous system happening at that time? Um, uh, because I, well, I'm not thinking, you know, I'm thinking about it. Well, I'm thinking about my own intuition happens usually around um, a safety system, a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mine's definitely triggered with safety. Like, and the yep. weird, the weird thing is, is like, the less safe I feel and the more I'm regulated to somebody else, the more I feel like I have like intuitive senses. And, and I've played around with it to the point where I check in with like what my thoughts are with the people in front of me. Like, Hey, like, is this, Uh is this like accurate or not? And people are like, Oh, are you psychic? And I'm totally not psychic. I think I'm just like maybe hyper vigilant or something. Um, Well, I'm going to, I'm going to put you, I want to say that in in the past, you have been hypervigilant for a reason. Like, that was your conditioning, was to be hypervigilant in a certain situation to keep yourself safe. Right. Now, we're able to use those skills, those um, conditioning, that which are physiological, to now to use it and master it and use it in other situations. Mm. Because now we have a skill. Now, how can I now put that skill to other... Like, like you're saying, I, I got to coordinate these trainings and coordinate, you know, film, commercial production and stuff like that. I needed to control things, mm-hmm. but I used it to my advantage to become a really good, really good at my job. Right. And it's kind of like that paradox, like our blessing can be our curse or like, I mean, yeah. just the whole, yeah, it's just a really, it's just, I'm still like sitting with just what that actually means. And I appreciate you, you saying that there's, there's also a piece and I know we don't have much time left here but in you know Steve Hoskinson talks about the fractal nature and I know he's not the only one talking about it but this uh, I'm really understanding it through his lens of, of when I'm sitting with a client and I'm trying to get what they're trying to get at like there's a bigger piece that's going on I think my intuition is actually on not necessarily in a safety place but it may feel like a safe, and like my body may interpret it as a safety place. And I need to help this person, right? So, it, but but I'm using it in a beneficial capacity to be able to help a person come to an understanding that they didn't have before, right? Hmm. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So my system, like I, I always rub my fingers together when I don't. Like, I'm, I'm listening to a client. I'm like, we don't quite have it. Tell me some more. Tell me more. So I can listen to their story. 
to be able to get the bigger picture of what's happening. Right. Not not in a not in a mental way, but in, in an intuitive body way. Right. When when my body feels it, when my intuition because we were born with these fabulous nervous systems. Right. Nobody nobody's gave us a handbook on how it was supposed to work. Mm-mm. Right? So to be able to use it to its capacity of they say the brain we haven't used half of our brain. I think we're not we haven't used even poor part of our um our physical, like I'm even doing my fingers now. <laughs> I'm trying to get it. I'm, to, I'm like, we're almost there, Nicole. We're almost there. Like, how, how does our bodies, how do we use our, our, physiolo- our physiology to inform us about something as mm. opposed to our minds? Yeah. Because our minds don't always tell us. That's why I like watching the, like, the Sherlock Holmes, because he's working on, on physiology. He's not working just with his brain. Right. They make it look that way, but he's not. <laughs> right. And I'll let you know, I come by this honestly because my father and mother, well, they met when they were both um, store detectives at, <gasps> in a department store. They used to work security. Really? And, and one of, my mom says, I fell in love with your dad when we were, at, we were in, he was teaching me the job, and he just said, somebody is stealing a suit up on the second floor. Do you want to go? <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, I want to know. I want to see what this man's talking about. And they caught a man stealing a suit. Whoa. How did my dad know that? Right. My, right? And my dad, it's because of his, he knows how to expand his field, mm. to feel what's happening in the field. And I think this is so, it's so under-researched, what we pick up in the field and in our, in our, where we allow our, our systems to go. Wow. Like, that's. Like yeah. you're you're leaving me with serious thoughts about contemplation about the energetic field that I so much want to know yeah. more about. <laughs> and as healers, I think sometimes we put it out too far. Like I have to reel mine in a lot. Like the, like you you go into the political nature, my field immediately expands to the country. And it's <laughs> right. like oh shit, that's too much. Sorry, I keep swearing. That's, that's okay. too much. Pull it pull it back. Pull it back. Pull it back. Right. Like, come on, you need to, you know, bring it back to your house right here. Okay, you can do the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, see, the breath even comes there. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think field, field awareness is really important for, for all of us and for healers as well. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to sit with that. I'm totally – and we'll have to – I would love to do another podcast with you because you have uh, said so many rich things that I think we could dive into in a deeper way. Great. People listening, write Nicole questions if there's more you want to hear about anything we've talked about today. I love, I'd love to know that too. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Thank you. You're adding an element to my podcast that I love. Yes. Yeah. If, if anybody has listened to this and no, the people who Thousands have listened. Will. Thousands will listen. <laughs> know it. I'd please. Be about what we're speaking of. Please, please ask questions. Get curious. Um, help me unpack and learn with you. And and the places I can share what I know, I would love to share. And I would love to do that in conjunction with Andrea as uh, my guest on this podcast or my other guest in, in the past yeah. podcast. That yeah. is a really awesome, rich thing to add. And what, and what do all the podcasters say? Please like us on iTunes because that will help more listeners find us. Yes, please like me on iTunes. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> Coleology. Thank you for the support, Andrea. 
Easethebody.com, and I will. Um, I always add the links to all of my things. So, um, along with your picture, so I, I will also I get my better get my website up then, huh? Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and I'll just thing. and I'll just like notate will be up soon, just so people know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then once it gets up, I'll um, edit it and then I'll take that piece down. Excellent. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you, Andrea, and thank you, everybody. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.